And to all those people who would say, oh, nothing can change, nothing can be different, just look at the cities that were on fire. Uh, and in fact, the National Guard was called out to some 40 different places. The idea that things can't change and can't change quickly is wrong. Welcome to Fight Back Radio, a production of fightbacknews.org, taking you to the heart of the people's struggle. I'm your host, Richard Berg, and today our guest is uh, the political secretary of the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, uh, Mick Kelly. Um, but before we get into the interview with Mick, um, I wanted to just uh, say something about the recent uh, um, potential rail strike uh, that was uh, uh, stymied by the United States Senate. Uh, uh, it's you know particularly outrageous that uh, you know all these uh, Democrats who uh, are, are pro-worker except for when they come in contact and come in conflict with some kind of capital, and uh, you know I think you'll hear today from Mick uh, a different alternative to that, but uh, you know particularly I think uh, you know we should be upset about this. You know it's like the the workers uh, in, in the railroads uh, you know voted down uh, an agreement. Uh, the right to strike is basic. And uh, the U.S. House of Representatives then passed a, a resolution that gave them a couple of sick days, and then the Senate took that away. Um, and we got to you know start to question these uh, so-called friends of labor and say who really is our friend. And so, uh, Fightback News, uh, FightbackNews.org uh, just published a statement by the Labor Commission of the Freedom Road Socialist Organization that deals with this. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, I encourage you and our guest, who's also the editor of Fightback News, uh, will encourage you to go to that website um, and, and check out that and, and other issues as well. So, uh, well, welcome, Mick, uh, to Fightback Radio. Well, thank you very much for having me, Richard. I've been waiting to uh, appear here for a long time, and today is the day. Okay, okay. Well, the, the editor, uh, people here at the beginning of our show... Uh, that we're a production of fightbacknews.org, which you're the editor of. Uh, so uh, you're, 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 you're my boss in some ways on this. <laughs> in some ways. Um, but uh, uh, let me start by, I want to talk to you. You're the political secretary of the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. And uh, let me ask you, you know, what is Freedom Road? Why does it exist? Uh, what is that organization? Well, Freedom Road Socialist Organization is a revolutionary organization. And we exist to put an end to capitalism and replace it with socialism. And by that, what I mean is pretty simple. Uh, capitalism is a failed system. It's uh, intrinsically unjust. It's based on discrimination and oppression and exploitation. Everybody who looks around this country has to be able to realize on some level, hey, we can do better, t better than this. And for us, that better than this is socialism. The system where political power is in the hands of working people, the working class, and we systematically remake society so it is just, fair, and in fact, the institutions of that society serve us. And this isn't a dream, it's something that we can do. And that's what we in Freedom Road Socialist Organization exist to do, is to make those changes. So, um, so Freedom Road, I mean, actually, it sounds pretty grandiose, or, you know, certainly, uh, um, you know, a, a, a more long-term project or medium-term project. Um, I know Freedom Road just put out a program uh, which people can get. Uh, well, actually, I should ask you how they can get it. But, um, uh, but it talks a little bit about the roadmap from here to there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, uh, well, first, how can you get the program? But what is a, 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 a program? Why do you put it out? Why is that important? Well, our program is a declaration of war 
on the existing order of things. And as I was just saying, the society is unjust and cries out for change. And as a result, we have put out a, an important document, we would say, which is our political program. And that program does a couple of different things. It says, number one, it talks about where we're at today. Number two, it talks about things we need in an immediate sense, but it also talks about a long-term vision of change. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Richard. It can sound uh, grandiose. On the other hand, uh, you kind of look at the society and the idea it's immutable and that it can't be changed is absolutely wrong. And I'll give an example of that. Two years ago, 27 million people came into the streets in one of the greatest rebellions this society has ever seen following the murder of George Floyd. And to all those people who would say, oh, nothing can change, nothing can be different, just look at the cities that were on fire. Uh, and in fact, the National Guard was called out to some 40 different places. The idea that things can't change and can't change quickly is wrong. And I think uh, Freedom Road can actually be a part of making that change. Uh, we'll see, and uh, but I think it's certainly possible. How would one obtain a copy of this uh, program? Well, what you can do is go to frso.org and uh, order it right there. Uh, there's a link to do it. And uh, I'm very glad to say that actually hundreds and possibly uh, over a thousand copies have been uh, circulated and sold so far. Okay. So, and we'll put that in uh in the show notes, as well as, uh, you know, I know I'm guessing at the end of this interview, more people want to go to FRSO.org and see what some of the other things are there. Um, so, okay, so we're, we're, you know, so Freedom Road has this, you know, plan, let's overthrow capitalism. Um, we don't start, you know, you know, somewhere in the future or whatever. We start where we are right now. Um, how do you approach that? What's, what's, the, what's the plan of uh, what do we do, to, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis right now? Well, in the short term, what we're doing is a couple of different things. One is uh, we're facing real abuses in this country, in our workplaces and in our communities, on the campuses, wherever you find people, you're finding people who are being oppressed and put upon. So what we do is organize people to push back against that. We organize protests, demonstrations, strikes, whatever, in order to basically win something better for us right here and right now. Now, one of the things about capitalism is that it's an excellent teacher. And if you think capitalism is a fair, just, a reasonable system, it's, it's glad to teach you again and again that it's not. And uh, so in the course of the many battles we engage in, we also are about educating people, educating people about who the enemy is and what needs to be done about it. So we also take a long-term, we have a long-term vision of, of change, and we try to uh, educate people about that and have people have a goal that's a little bit better than a, a short-term wage, wage increase, although that's an extremely important thing to many of us. So in, in the program, you talk about uh, uh, monopoly capitalism being the enemy uh, or imperialism. Could you talk a little bit more about, uh, and you, you've, you've touched on it already, but what is monopoly capitalism or, or imperialism, and why do you use those words? Where do they come from? Well, we talk about monopoly capitalism because, in fact, that's uh, an accurate description of the society we live in. When you talk about capitalism, I think Malcolm X was entirely right to say, uh, well, show me a capitalist and I'll show you a bloodsucker. And the reality is, is we have a class of people in this country who are essentially parasitic. They uh, didn't get rich by working hard, but they uh, are rich by having uh, me and you work hard for them. 
And that means that, uh, you know, some sort of real change is necessary. So these big corporations, these monopoly capitalisms, they dominate the economy uh, of the United States and, in fact, uh, dominate the entire world. They have an empire that stretches from Palestine to the Philippines, and we have no interest in seeing this empire of monopoly capitalism continue. Uh, it's something that uh, is actually in the opposite of uh, the interests of working people in this country, and it's in the opposite of the interests of working people and oppressed people around the world. It cries out for change. Monopoly capitalism needs to go. So let me ask you as well, uh about, uh, you know, there's been a, a, um, a lot of people today call themselves socialists uh, um, and are, you know, it means different things to different people. Uh, most significantly in the news, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, ran for president of the United States and called himself a democratic socialist. Um, there's a group called Democratic Socialists of America that uh, also uh, use that moniker. Um, what's the difference between uh, uh, what Freedom Road's trying to do and what uh, democratic socialists are trying to do, and and when do you, where do you find common ground, and where where do you where are you different? Well, just to say, I'm uh, I'm glad that more and more people are uh, calling themselves socialists and looking for socialist solutions in the society, because that's really the direction that I think all of us have to go, and that all of us have to take a look at. Now that said. Um, I think there is kind of a difference between different uh, tendencies or viewpoints that exist out there. And Freedom Road, what makes us uh, different, I would say, is that uh, uh, we're actually revolutionaries. That we understand that uh, the rulers of this country uh, don't intend to give up power uh, through elections, but that we actually have to take power, we the working people of this country, and that we have to do something more than simply have um, a set of reforms. And then they just call that socialism. We need actually something that goes a lot deeper. Now, I'm glad, again, that people are, greater and greater amount numbers of people are calling themselves socialists. But uh, I think we also have to talk about realistically how we are going to get to a socialist society. And I think Freedom Road has a good vision of that. Well, let me ask you then as well about... Uh uh, about a socialist society, there might be some different vision for what that is too. I noticed in the program, uh, you talk, uh, you know, quite a bit. Freedom Road talks about what what socialism is, what that looks like, and um, you know, a lot of times people that are are not socialists are considering it. So you guys always just complain about things going on now, but you don't have any vision about what what you're actually fighting for. And I think you do that. Could you talk about that a little bit, Mick? Well, we, we certainly do complain, and there's a lot to complain about in this society. And if you can't complain uh, in this country, you lack uh, vision and imagination, uh, to say the very least, um, and probably a reality base. <laughs> but uh, in terms of uh, change, you know, uh, a considerable part of the world already has had great social change. So, for example, you look at the example of Cuba, a country where working people do have power. And they have remade their society into something that's really decent and just and eliminated basic social problems. For example, the problem of illiteracy, which was, was great in Cuba. Or you take China, where actually uh, eliminating poverty is a real goal. And the Chinese recently were uh, able to announce that they had eliminated or basically eliminated extreme poverty in all of China. What an accomplishment in a country where tens of millions of people 
before the Chinese Revolution were dying in famines. It's an amazing, amazing change that's been made in the world. And that's why to anyone who says, well, socialism doesn't involve practical solutions, I say just take a look around the world and you'll see that there's all sorts of practical solutions and, and ones that really we can look to and that would be positive changes in our lives too. Well, in looking at the countries that you just mentioned, uh, that, uh, you know, Freedom Road uh, considers uh, socialist, I think, uh, Vietnam, Laos, North Korea, uh, Cuba, and China, if I'm correct. And, uh, I mean, those countries are different from each other. But also, you know, there's major poverty in uh, some of those countries are facing all kinds of issues. Uh, is that something, you know, do we want to, do we really want to, to live like they do in Laos here in, uh, in the United States? Well, I think uh, uh, looking at, uh, at Laos, uh, the Lao people have made uh, great advances uh, since, the, since the establishment of socialism. And, uh, and in terms of uh, living in, in terms of how one lives in the United States, you have to kind of, number one, look at where people are starting, and then number two, look at how things are developing from that point. Obviously, in the United States today, uh, we have a lot, society where there's been a lot more advances in terms of the factories we have here, the productive forces, uh, uh, hospitals, etc. And so we're starting, socialism in the United States will be starting at a very, very different point than, say, Laos. Uh, and Laos, incidentally, is, uh, people may or may not remember, but is, uh, was the country that's most bombed per capita of any country in human history by the United States. Um, during the war in Vietnam. During the war in Vietnam, yeah, ex exactly. So their advances, are, I think, are truly incredible. And I think uh, in the United States, uh, we'll be able to make uh, do amazing things with socialism here. It's, uh, it's not a dream. It's a reality that we will be able to practice. So, um, you know, we, we started here to touch then on uh, other countries in the international situation. Um, how, do, how do you view uh, the role of uh, imperialism or monopoly capitalism uh, internationally and how they're interacting with uh, not just the, the socialist countries, but other you know, say, uh, Venezuela or Bolivia or some of the South American countries? Well, a monopoly capitalism, as I said before, has built an empire that spans the entire globe, uh, from Africa to Latin America uh, to places in between. And uh, what's taking place in the American empire is, in fact, terrible. And that has to be recognized by everyone here in this country that uh, the United States props up corrupt regimes in order that U.S. corporations can exploit people. And, of course, folks want to get out of that. And uh, so you have, for example, in Venezuela, a revolutionary process that's taking place where the Venezuelan people are breaking free of uh, foreign exploitation. And that's actually a great thing, not only for the people of Venezuela, but in the sense that uh, uh, U.S. corporations are our enemy, too. And whatever weakens them is good for us and places us in a better position to struggle. So we have common interests uh, with the people of Venezuela or Bolivia or so many other places in between. So um, when, when the United States uh, government goes to war, which they do often and persistently, um, there's a whole process of, of vilification where they put their the country they want to invade or the ruler, you know, the, the, the head of state of that country under a microscope. And 
um, and they'll uh, um, you know they'll vilify them and whatever. And uh, often you know Freedom Road uh, supports uh, these countries, whether it's you know not just socialist, but if it's a nationalist leader mm-hmm. or, or even some that are you know uh, less. Uh, uh, you know that wouldn't have a, a you know democratic or socialist governments, um, and you, you, there's a lot of criticism because what some some of it is based on truth, uh, the vilification, but uh, but there's another side of it which is uh, the U.S. invasion. Can you talk about uh, how Freedom Road uh, deals with that and 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 why it you know sticks its you know to really takes a lot of criticism for supporting uh, um, independence of other countries? Sure. Uh, there's a joke that a lot of people, uh, a lot of workers have. You say, well, how do you know your, uh, how do you know your manager is lying? And the answer is pretty simple. The manager is moving their mouth. They're talking. <laughs> and, uh, and you could say the same thing about, uh, spokespeople for the United States government. Uh, how do you know they're lying? Well, you see them on TV. Why else would they be there? And that's, uh, that's a, that's a reality where, um, Check out, check out Iraq. Iraq is on the other side of the globe. Um, and here we are being told that Iraq is some uh, terrible enemy or you can pick any other country too. And the reality is the U.S. is over there trying to steal Iraqi oil. It's, it's really that simple. So we do support people that want to free themselves from, uh, free themselves from the U.S. empire. It's an unjust thing, the idea that, uh, uh, the United States should be dominating uh, nations and people around the globe. It's uh, it's not reasonable, at least from the standpoint of uh, of regular working folks. It's not reasonable at all. So yes, uh, we do favor people breaking out of that orbit. Uh, we think it's uh, a good thing for the people of those respective countries that they can be free to determine their own destiny. Why not? And we also think it's a good again a good thing for the people in this country because it weakens a common opponent in the sense of uh, the corporations and their uh, spokespeople that dominate the U.S. government. Um, I, I want to pivot back to earlier we talked about democratic socialism. We're covering a lot of ground here, I can see. But, uh, um, but you know, Freedom Road covers a lot of ground, so we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, but uh, I want to ask you about Trotskyism. Um, it's another tendency of uh, socialists, and uh, you know who you know who was Leon Trotsky, and and uh, this, this this tendency that came out, and why, and how is that different than uh, what Freedom Road stands for? Well, first of all, Freedom Road, uh, we work with anybody that wants to oppose the the way that things are um, and make things better for people. That said, uh, we think uh, Trotsky was a problematic figure. Uh, he played a negative role uh, in the in the movement in Russia. Uh, he was a major figure in the Russian Revolution, or major sometimes figure, uh, who was inconsistent at best. And uh, but to fast forward, um, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of the main thing. We look at the role that uh, Trotskyism plays, and uh, it's not positive. Uh, frequently, it pits itself against uh, existing uh, socialist countries and existing and actual revolutionary movements uh, from a highly critiquist and, in fact, negative uh, negative perspective. Um, and it's a form of uh, idealism, not in the positive sense of having high ideals, but to say, well, if this or that struggle doesn't conform to my ideas, it's not really worthwhile. And... Uh, so we actually uh, have a quite negative view of it. 
So, um, uh, let, let, well, let me move to, I'm going to move to a different issue then. Uh, some of, uh, uh, I mean, at the beginning of our radio, our show, we say we're a production of fightbacknews.org, and you're the editor of mm-hmm. uh, fightbacknews.org. Um, can you talk a little bit about what is Fightback News? You know, where did it come from? What's its relationship to Freedom Road um, and what you're trying to accomplish with? Certainly. Uh, Fightback is... Uh is really a resource that I invite, I invite all of uh, the listeners here to check out. We publish about a thousand articles, uh, every year, uh, from the front lines of the people's struggle. Indeed, uh, uh, I think it's really a pretty remarkable project. Uh, we're a daily online and we also have a print edition. So again, please, 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 uh, please check it out. I think its role is twofold. One is, uh, we're trying to build and promote particular struggles and also convey some lessons from them. And two, we're trying to shine a light and bring some light into those struggles, i.e., there is some common enemies at work here, which is in the form of uh, the corporations, the government, etc., monopoly capitalism. And we're trying to educate people and, again, have a vision of something better. So I think there's something in Fight Back for everyone. And... Uh, Please, fightbacknews.org. It's a place to be. Okay. Um, I want to dig a little deeper into this. So we've had some people from uh, um, United Parcel Service, uh, delivery people on our show. And how, how does Fightback News help them? How does it help them in their day-to-day struggles, but also with, with the Freedom Road Project that you're talking about? Yeah, well, Teamsters at uh, UPS are catching hell. I mean, right now we're in peak where people are work, working long hours, hard jobs, and... Uh, you know, driving. Peak is the Christmas season. Peak right? is the Christmas season, yeah. Some people are working there 12, 15 hours a day. And, uh, of course, uh, people want something better for themselves. So what Fightback does is we try to promote key battles at UPS. In particular, right now we have the contract that's coming up, and it's going to be really one of the most important battles for the U.S. working class uh, in this whole period of time. So we're pointing people towards that contract, and we're also pointing people towards important fights to improve and strengthen the Teamsters Union, which is a critical thing at UPS. UPS, again, is Teamsters. And so we've been reporting on developments uh, to reform and change the Teamsters, to put the Teamsters on a stronger footing, to push things towards class struggle trade unionism. And I think all that stuff is worthy of reading by Teamsters, including those of us who work at UPS. So, uh, and, and you're a Teamster as well. You're, uh, I know you're a rank-and-file activist and uh, a leader at uh, Teamsters Local 320. And, uh, you know, recently that was in the news in the, in the Twin Cities where you live uh, because of your contract battle there. Um, could you talk a little bit about, uh, at first, what happened there, but then as a socialist or as a communist, how you would approach it maybe different than other leaders? Well, I think uh, what, ha- what I am is, uh, in terms of Teamsters 320, is I'm a steward and I'm a member of the bargaining committee for the Twin Cities uh, for the university unit, which includes about 1,100 people. And yes, we had a very sharp battle to uh, improve our standard of living. We had poverty wages at the University of Minnesota and we weren't putting up with it anymore. Uh, the result was we moved towards a strike, a strike that didn't happen. But we did make some appreciable uh, appreciable gains. Uh, that said, we certainly deserved better. But I think in terms of 
fight back and socialists and Teamsters, I think we need to have a long-term vision of things. Um, that, in other words, uh, there's more wrong with this society and our workplaces that a dollar an hour or four dollars an hour is going to fix. There really is something much more wrong. Everything from the uh, oppression or despotism of supervisors to the fact that there's an entire class of people that are living off of our labor, off of our work. And uh, it's actually a parasitic kind of thing that's going on where UPS, for example, uh, makes billions, our employers make billions uh, off our labor. They make no meaningful contribution to this society. So, yeah, we're interested in change and fight back, socialists, communists. We try to point out uh, that this change is absolutely necessary. So, um, well, how, how do you do that? And, and why do you do it? I mean, why, why am I fighting for a dollar an hour, which, which or whatever, I don't know what the demands were there. The railroad workers wanted paid sick days. Um, these are small, small things that will, you know, will make their lives better, but it won't, you know, it's not going to make call, cause the change that you're calling for. Um, why do you bother to spend your time with that? Well, because we need these things. I mean, it's it's really that simple. Uh, we're being in, impoverished in this society, and we absolutely need these things. And I would certainly never turn down a glass of water uh, and saying, no, I'd prefer to have the finest of wines. We need to have some things right now. And in addition, I think fighting for the things that we need right now is also how people learn. Uh, people learn through their own experience and getting out there and challenging uh, the conditions that they face. And through that, we're able to sum things up, to talk to people about those lessons. And that's what Fight Back uh, tries to do, and I think does so successfully, is draws lessons from these struggles about the nature of what we're up against and uh, help people learn. And so, Richard, you asked the question, how can people learn? And so there's a variety of ways, including this podcast. I involve everyone to subscribe to it, uh, and hopefully you'll learn a few things from uh, from it and from Richard. But in addition, there's... Uh, Thank there's... you for that plug uh, for Fight Back Radio. <laughs> Tell your friends and neighbors and coworkers uh, to subscribe to, to Fight Back Radio, and, and if you haven't, do it yourself. So thank you, Mick, for the plug. Go on, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, in addition, there's also uh, there's Fight Back. There's also many local events that are taking place, organized by Freedom Road, and uh, there's things that you can read and obtain online, such as our political program. So there's a lot of ways to learn things. <laughs> that's good. That's that's very good. Um, so let me. Uh, okay, so people get involved in their their unions and these day to day battles to uh, improve their, their their because they need to to improve their conditions. Uh, one of the ways people get involved, and we talked about this a little bit earlier with uh, Bernie Sanders and the Democratic Socialists, is to focus uh, on elections. And um, you know, what's what? How does Freedom Road look at elections? Uh, I mean, you know, anarchists would say, "Don't waste your time with that." Uh, what's your what's your criticism of that? And but also, you know, how, how do you balance you know, just diving in and only doing elections? And you know, how do you look at elections? Well, elections are something that takes place in this country, and they can't be ignored. For many people, they are what politics is in this country. I would say politics is something much larger and different, but for many people, it's extremely important. And I don't think they can be ignored. And I think there's a couple of things people would look at 
when you look at elections. But probably the most basic and important is that uh, any in- election that you interact with, you want to come out better on the other side. In other words, you want to have more favorable terrain of struggle to be able to move things forward. That's the basic point of the interaction. So then you kind of would look at some, well, criteria or important factors that are at work. One is, is there some sort of special danger? For example, somebody like Donald Trump. Is it a referendum on a a major social question? For example, a war, as was the case with, uh, say, Lyndon Johnson during the war in Vietnam. Uh, You could look at the issue of, uh, is it a vehicle for the movements of the oppressed? of the national movements, such as the Black Liberation Movement. For example, the uh, electoral campaign of uh, Reverend Jackson, which I worked on, and uh, you did too, um, was a vehicle for that. And finally, there's the issue of uh, independent political action. Uh, strategically, we need to have political action that's independent of, uh, of the ruling class, of the rich, of the big corporations. We need to break through, uh, break free of that, and Freedom Road is determined to promote independent working class political action. So um, that, that's, that's an interesting uh, thing. So you decide uh, each election. So we got, uh, you know, we just passed the midterm elections. Um, you know how to how involved or not in that, and what to you know spend your time because you know, there's limited resources Correct. that Freedom Road or any organization would have. Um, Looking back at the uh, midterm elections that just passed, um, you know, the Republicans uh, did not do as well as they thought they would do or were trumped up to do. Um, and uh, But they did take control of the House of Representatives. Um, what's your assessment of, of that? And what, what, is the new, what does the new landscape look like for, uh, for, for working people in the United States, in your view? Well, our view is that um, uh, overall, uh, the U.S. empire is in a period of decline and decay. And that one of the results of this is, is that polarization, uh, different contradictions and conflicts within the United States are sharpening. Now, are they going to proceed evenly the same way all the time? No, of course not. Uh, they can sharpen, they can be less sharp, but they're there. And, uh, I think rolling into the next election, we're going to uh, be seeing this once again, where we have uh, on one end of the spectrum, people like DeSantis and Trump, who are going to be uh, out there debating whether the earth is flat, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, politics of the most reactionary type, and uh, there's going to be opposition to it. And I think that this polarization is an extremely important uh, phenomena it's going to be marking uh, marking our future. And I think uh, in some ways these past elections are kind of look like uh, a pause between that, but uh, I think that things are going to be uh, incredibly sharp in the period ahead. So um, in, in, the, um, in the program that, that, that just came out, you talk about uh, um, the United Front against imperialism and and then within that you even talk um, you're more specific you talk about a strategic alliance um can you tell our listeners uh uh what what you know as a strategy for for change for revolution what is the united front against imperialism yeah i mean all strategy addresses the question of well how will you get here from there 
I mean, that's really strategic questions. That, that's what they involve. And uh, to change this country, we want to unite everybody that can be united for progressive political change. And that's why we uh, advocate uh, united front against uh, the corporations, against the monopoly capitalists. And the way we see it is this, is that we want to bring about a realignment of progressive classes and social groups against the monopoly capitalists. And that has a number of different components. Uh, one is the multinational working class, some of them in trade unions, some of us not. Uh, you have that, and you also have within the United States uh, oppressed nationalities, African Americans, Chicano Latinos, and many others who uh, are suffering from racist discrimination, national oppression, and have constructed movements to fight back and challenge that. We see bringing together the multinational working class and the oppressed national nationalities, the national liberation movements within this country as a strategic alliance, an alliance for change. And uh, so that's, in a general sense, uh, what we are trying to do, i.e. we're trying to build a big tent uh, with the strongest political forces, uh, whatever, along the sharpest lines uh, for change. And I think that's possible. So um, implicit in your answer is, you know, a discussion of a, of a national question. And so, uh, um, and you talk about a multinational uh, working class. And I know Freedom Road is very intentional about uh, going out and, and working amongst working class people in uh, black, uh, Chicano, uh, uh, other, you know, people of color neighborhoods and, and workplaces. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what is a, you know, the multinational working class, what is a, you know, a nation, and uh, why that's important to Freedom Road? Sure. The United States is a jailhouse for the oppressed. Uh, and uh, I think that's real. Uh, and I think that anybody who looks at it in a sober, fair-minded way has to acknowledge that. Uh, the United States was built upon the exploitation and oppression, the slavery of African-American people, the genocide against Native peoples. And it's a core part of American history. I think anybody who, again, looks at it realistically would have to understand that. Our view is this, that uh, for things to change, we need to break down, we need to take apart this jailhouse of nations. And this is a critical social force uh, to do so. And I referenced it earlier, but we had the George Floyd Rebellion which involved 27 million people in cities all over the United States. Anyone who doubts the potency of this force for change, of the Black Liberation Movement and other uh, liberation movements, such as the Chicano Liberation Movement, are wrong. And uh, we're committed to basically building those struggles and building them in a direction that's going to take down American capitalism. So uh, within the, within American capitalism, though, we also have uh, uh, colonies, right? You know, we have uh, Puerto Rico and Guam, et cetera. Um, and, and, and people from those uh, those places, you know, have many of them have migrated to the United States as well. Um, how does that fit into this uh, national question that you just spoke to? Well, in the United States, we have yeah, people from all over the world who have been oppressed by the American empire who arrive here. And there's a vital struggle for equal rights, uh, including the right to use one's own language, uh, and basic democracy. 
And by democracy, I mean the idea that, hey, if one person gets to do something, well, the other person gets to do it too. It's equality before the law, and it's a fundamental, it's a fundamental question. Um, and so, yeah, we uphold uh, people's democratic, uh, democratic demands, and we think they're important. And they're important in a couple of senses, by the way. One is uh, we intend to build struggle around them for them. Uh, for those democratic demands. So we intend, we intend to do that. And we think by doing so, you weaken the existing order of things. You draw people into struggle. And two, uh, we intend to unite all sections of the people around those fights for those demands. And we think by doing so, you can construct real unity, uh, and real struggle to bring this monster down. So, uh, let, let me also ask you, though, just beyond, I want to go to uh, talk a minute about uh, indigenous people or Native Americans. Um, the, uh, I mean, a group that is, is often forgotten, even amongst progressives, when they're given the list of uh, who they're supporting and why and those kinds of things. Um, here in Chicago, uh, where we're filming this, uh, uh, there's a relatively large uh, indigenous uh, community uh, where you're from in the Twin Cities. It's, it's, it's been significant historically. Um, the indigenous urban uh, rebellion in the American Indian movement, um, but uh, but also um, you know just you know across the country, this is a group that's been uh, uh, marginalized uh, in, in many many ways. And so, how's what's Freedom Road's approach and vision uh, for that for indigenous people who's you know were the first ones here? Yeah, well, Freedom Road, uh, we've actually interacted with uh, many struggles of indigenous peoples. But our basic approach is to uh, support sovereignty and to support the struggle for land. That's kind of a that's kind of a core thing. And then beyond that, there's a whole host of democratic demands, which includes, for example, uh, equality for uh, the languages of the different native peoples, which uh, is an important thing too. We support uh, the national development of native peoples on the respective lands and. Uh, I think that the struggles that have been waged in this past period, there's been some actually very important ones. For example, uh, in Minnesota, you had the struggle against Line 3, which was a struggle against a pipeline which infringed on Native American land. Um, there's been many others. There's been many other battles as well. So, so yeah. So just engaging people in, in uh, the fights that they're actually dealing with, that makes sense. Um, so let me also ask you, though, I want to go dig a little further on this. Uh, when you look at a, at a national question, you know, you talked about a multinational working class. Um, within a, a, a nation or an oppressed nationality, there's also a, a multi-class movement there. And so you're dealing with, uh, um, you know, people who are often uh, very rich and, 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 and exploiters, etc. Um, and yet you want to unite with them. How, how do you uh, reconcile this, uh, uh, you know, we're against uh, the rich, uh, we're against exploitation of capitalists, yet uh, and often they're in uh, leadership positions, are con al always contending for leadership positions within a national movement. I think there's uh, a couple of points that are uh, important when considering this. Uh, so, so, for example, if you look at oppressed nations, Yes, there are many different classes. Some people are regular working folks. Uh, some people are urban poor, which is a section of the working class as well. And some people are relatively well-to-do. But what all folks who are oppressed in these oppressed nations have a common interest in is freeing themselves from this domination 
And uh, that's an important thing. And so the reality is America is a racist land. And you look at it, and uh, if you're a black business person, uh, uh, police will certainly be glad to put a billy club to the side of your head. And that's a reality that we face in this country. And uh, so we talk about things being a multi-class movement because things affect more than one class. And uh, that's where the issue of democratic demands comes in. And we consistently fight for consistent democracy. So um, what, what does that look like today? Could you give an example of fighting for consistent democracy? Certainly. There's the struggle against police terror and community control of police. There's the struggle for uh, equality of languages. For example, uh, down in the Southwest, there's been those who put forward the idea of English only. That's garbage. Language should be treated equally. That's an issue of consistent democracy. Uh, there shouldn't be an official language that's, uh, that's just English only. That's, uh, that's trash. So those are a couple of examples. Okay, well, thank you. Um, and uh, I want to circle back in the program to uh, uh, you just, there's a discussion about uh, a minimum um, uh, minimum demands for labor, and uh, there's also min min other you know uh, minimum or uh, immediate demands. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, but can you talk about what that is and uh, why you know the difference between immediate demands and others? But what 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 are you looking at there? Sure, just and just to add a point about that, Richard, that uh, while our program, as we've published it, is a is a great document, uh, we're actually it's a work in progress. And we're going to be adding uh, immediate demands for actually many different groups of people. Uh, women, LGBTQ, uh, farmer. We'll be having a lot of stuff that we're going to be adding to this with the passage of time. We just felt like in terms of a written, a written edition, if you will, it was time to get this out now. There was plenty of content that was worthwhile. So we're going to be adding to it. In terms of immediate demands, though, we're talking about things that we're fighting for in the here and now. For example, in the, in the labor movement, uh, we're working to transform our unions into class struggle unions that can effectively fight to defend our standard of living, that can effectively cope with technological changes, technological changes that serve the capitalists, by the way, and that we actually have to challenge and interact with if we're going to be keeping our jobs. So people should look at those intermediate demands, and I think there's a lot of things that are meaningful for uh, workers and for trade unionists. So, okay. could you give me an example? Uh, well, I, I did in the sense of uh, defense of our standard of living. Yeah. And uh, also in terms of, uh, let's take the t technology changes. I believe what we address in our program is that we think a part of uh, union contracts have to be that changes in the technologies uh, or automation and that kind of thing have to be something that's bargained over as opposed to something that's just imposed under the banner of management rights. Yeah, so giving more, more power to the, to the working class people in the unions. Right. Okay, that's And good. a direction to fight in. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, let me ask you then about, uh, um, you know, women's rights. Uh, more recently, uh, you know, reproductive rights has come into the news. And, uh, um, but there's, you know, there's a whole history of the, the socialist movement and how it's approached uh, the women question, as they call it. And uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, how Freedom Road has historically looked at this and, and what that means on the ground today. Well, I'm glad to say that Freedom Road has been very involved 
in building the struggle. We've organized demonstrations that have, in fact, involved tens of thousands of people since the decision around Roe v. Wade. Again, an extremely important democratic struggle for the defense of the rights of women and the defense of reproductive rights in general for all. For all. And uh, it's, a basic, it's a basic issue. And I think one of the things that's interesting about it, or actually politically significant, is that what you're seeing in this country is a legal architecture of basically two different kinds of, uh, uh, basically uh, different rights and different uh, uh, conditions existing in different states. And I think that's uh, part of the political terrain that we're going to be dealing with in the future. And it's uh, something that we have to build a meaningful challenge to. So what, what? Okay. So how how do we do that? And and why? You know, is is as they break up things by different states, you know, this may go back to some of the polarization you were talking about Correct. earlier. But uh, you know, what, what it, so what, what do you think about what's what's your vision of how we how do we start to look at that and how do we start to position ourselves now as as this uh, as this happens more and more in your view? Right. So that's a, that's a very important question. And so Freedom Road has put an amazing amount, an amazing amount of time and energy into the defense of reproductive rights. And I'm glad that we're doing that. And I think, uh, in addition to it being very important for those who uh, are experiencing those rights being taken away, there is the issue of polarization and the sharpening of different contradictions within this country. Uh, at times taking ta- place nationally, at times on a state-by-state basis. But uh, we are a revolutionary group that's about revolutionary change, and uh, part of getting to that is being at the front lines of where that polarization is taking place and pulling people forward in the thousands. Uh, we're not interested in just being a study group. We do like to study. We do like to read things. Uh, we do like to improve ourselves. But we are interested in being an organization that helps to marshal the forces in this society to beat back these attacks and also uh, look at the issue of basic social change, revolution. I know uh, uh, around the women's movement, socialists have always, you know, not always, but often been seen as being in the forefront or in the front line of, uh, you know, demanding and winning, you know, socialist countries granting uh, women rights that, uh, haven't been granted in other places, um, but on the on the other hand, uh, uh, which often you know, uh, you know related with gender, et cetera, is, is the question of LGBTQ, which you know sometimes they've been slower on. Can you talk a little bit about uh, um, Freedom Road's uh, uh, you know line on the uh, LGBTQ plus uh, uh, issues and uh, how you see yourself uh, as an organization? Yeah. Um... I think there's a couple of important points to this. Number one, uh, so we favor uh, destroying any barriers to full equality for LGBTQ people. Full, whatever. Destroying any barriers, which means upholding the democratic demands. So that's the first point. Second point is this, that uh, democratic demands aside, there is a larger question of liberation from the existing order of things. That... uh, transcends, if you will, democratic demands and has a lot to do with the gender roles that exist in this society and that are, uh, in fact, uh, reinforced by or created by uh, and interact with monopoly capitalism. 
So what we would say is ultimately the question of liberation and the liberation of women too and all oppressed is bound up with the destruction of monopoly capitalism. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time here, uh, Mick, but uh, um, uh, thank you for joining us on uh, Fight Back Radio. This has been a, we've covered a lot of ground. This has been a very full discussion uh, uh, as an introduction to Freedom Road. So I, I thank you for that. Um, could you, do you have any parting comments or anything you want to say before that we haven't said here yet that you want to have, give you the opportunity to? Yes, uh, I do actually have a couple of parting comments, which uh, first... Uh, I think uh, if you're sitting out there, you're listening to this, you're watching this, and you're thinking, yeah, I want this kind of change too, I would really recommend that you take a look at joining Freedom Mode Socialist Organization. Go to our website, take a look, see if this is something you agree to, can relate to. You want to be a part of this project of making this world a better place, of really putting end to uh, uh, a, a terrible system. Uh, we, we might have a place for you. And in fact, I think we do. So I would, uh, I would advise that. And number two, uh, I would say that this has been an incredibly hopeful period from my point of view. I know that Freedom Road has been going, undergoing, uh, the greatest history of its growth, uh, ever. Um, that we're establishing work in cities around the country, uh, building very large organizations and building very large protests and other things. So uh, I hope people give serious consideration to uh, becoming revolutionaries, to committing themselves to change and joining Freedom Road. Well, thank you. Thanks for, uh, for joining us on Fight Back Radio, Mick, and being so generous with your time. Well, thank you so much for having me, Richard. Oh, it's been great. And so, uh, and I want to thank you, our Fight Back Radio uh, uh, listeners and, and viewers now, because we have a, a video for those of you on YouTube and other platforms that have that uh, for joining us. And, and again, I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask a favor of you. Uh, you can give me a Christmas present. Uh, please uh, tell your uh, friends and, and uh, people that you think might be interested in this, the way we spread the word is uh, through you, you know, so if you see uh, a thing retweeted or whatever, if you want to reach us at uh, Fight Back Radio, uh, you can, uh, it's at uh, richard.fightbackradio at gmail.com. And uh, I'd be interested, you know, we, 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 all of us at Fight Back Radio are interested in your comments. I thank those who have uh, who've sent in. We've gotten a number of emails. Um, and, you know, what you think about what we're doing, uh, you know, potential guests that we should have. Uh, um, you know, thank you for, uh, for all of that. And please uh, uh, keep sending them in. Um, also, I want to thank uh, our, our production team um, and uh, so Dodd McColgan uh, and uh, v Shane Tremley and Vince Olson. Uh, those uh, guys really, really make it happen. Uh, we've gotten extra help with the video more recently, and I really, really thank those people as well. Um, and so any thoughts you have on that, please uh, let us know uh, um, of how we can improve or make things better for you. Um, but uh, for uh, our entire uh, Fight Back Radio team, uh, I'm Richard Berg, saying until next time, all power to the people.